0: Hello and welcome again to Ancient Ways for Modern Days, where we create content that is going to walk you chapter by chapter through the New Testament in a devotional format. And uh, and our goal is to get you into the Bible and then I actually help you think a little bit more deeply about it. Now my name is Michael Freeman. I am the pastor of Valley Christian Fellowship in Longview, Washington, and I'm excited to have you join me today as we jump into our next chapter, which is Matthew chapter four. Now this is another incredible chapter because it involves so much. You have Jesus's temptation, you have the beginning of his ministry, you have his call to some of his disciples, and uh, and then you even have the tail end of it. You have some of his miraculous healings as well well as his teaching. And so today we, we can talk about a lot of this, but I want to I wanna begin by just kind of reviewing one aspect of his temptation. I want to look at one aspect of the beginning of his ministry and then one aspect of the call to his disciples. And I want to do that in a short fashion um, so that we're not here all day. But, but let's start with his temptation. You know, his temptation happens at the tail end of his baptism. And so in chapter three, Jesus, he is baptized and then he He is led by the Spirit of God into the wilderness for the the purpose of being tempted. And uh, so much happens in this temptation. Satan tempts him in his humanity. He says, Jesus, why don't you turn these stones to bread and, uh, and so that you'll, you can eat after your 40 days of fasting? What, what a temptation. I mean, I feel like I can't go 40 minutes some days without eating. And, and Jesus has gone 40 days and Satan tempts him in his humanity. He, he also tempts him in his divinity. He says, hey, throw yourself down. And, and when you do, God will send angels to protect you. And when that happens, it will become clear that you are the, the son of God and your identity will not be questioned by anyone. And uh, man, what a, what a temptation as Jesus knows that he's gonna be opposed over and over again by the religious leaders. And he could just prove it once and for all that he is the second member of the triune God. I mean, what a major temptation. And, and then Jesus is even tempted by Satan in his kingship. You know, Jesus is going to be King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, right? Uh, But, but Satan tempts him by saying, Hey, if you just bow down and worship me, I will give you all the kingdoms of the earth. And, and here's the catch. I will give you all the kingdoms of the earth and you will not have to suffer for them. You, You can have all of the glory without any of the suffering of the cross. You won't have to die and be buried and await for the resurrection. He says, I'll give it to you all right now. What an incredible temptation. But here's what I want to focus in on. Notice how Jesus combats this temptation. Jesus quotes the scripture. You know, we, we, uh, we read the Word of God. Sometimes we read it in a, in a daisy, sleepy state. Sometimes we read it just to check it off. Uh, but listen, the Word of God is powerful, sharper than a double-edged sword, right? It divides between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. And what we see right here is Jesus wielding the sword of God in his, in his defense of himself in the temptation that Satan layers upon him. Look at Matthew 4, verse 4. Jesus says, It is written, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the the powerful weapon that you have, which is the word of God. This is not some dusty, old, irrelevant, ancient book. These are, this is the, the word of God, these ancient ways that apply to our modern days in the most relevant and important ways we can imagine. This is God's word himself, the creator of the universe, and he has given it to us so that we can have salvation, so we can know how to have salvation, so we can know him, so we can know ourselves. And, and we see in this moment, one of the purposes is so that we can stand against the temptation of the enemy. Maybe you're experiencing great temptation. Maybe you're experiencing the temptation of greed or of lust. Maybe you're tempted to be arrogant and boastful and prideful, or maybe you're, you're selfish or, or anger is welling up inside of you or you're greedy, but listen, You can combat that temptation by getting the word of God in your heart and in your mind. And so you have Jesus in this temptation. And in the story, it shifts to the beginning of Jesus's ministry. And I just want to briefly point out verse 17. It says, From that time, Jesus began preaching, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, this is what John said. When we saw this, John saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Speaking of Jesus and his coming. Now, Jesus is saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand because I am right here. And the same message is being laid before us. And then the, the story shifts again to Jesus begins to call his disciples, those who are going to follow him and in uh, verse 19, I was actually trained in this verse for a number of years to see this verse really as a, as a definition of a disciple within the invitation. And so Jesus, when he calls some disciples, he says, says follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now, I want to I land right here as we uh, bring this to a close in just a minute. But, but here's what he says. He says, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. These three statements give us really three building blocks of, of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I mean, first of all, Jesus says, follow me. He, he, you have to have faith to follow Jesus. This means that you, you have to make this decision where you say, I believe in Jesus. I believe in who he is now the disciples in that day they had a small window we have a great giant picture of who Christ is in the scriptures we know that he is the perfect sinless son of God we know that he died as our substitute he sacrificed himself was buried and by the power of God was resurrected on the third day so that everyone who believes in him they're given brand new life their sin is forgiven they're washed and they're made brand new Jesus says follow me have you chosen to follow Jesus this is where discipleship starts. It starts with having the faith to follow him. And then he says, "I will make you. see as we continue in our discipleship, we see that a disciple has to have the humility to be changed. You know Jesus, he wants you to come as you are, but it's often been said he doesn't want you to stay that way. He wants to transform you by the power of his spirit. He wants to transform your character so your, your character it matches his. He wants to make you into a brand new person. He wants to strip away the sinfulness and the selfishness. He wants to strip away the deceit and the lying. He wants to make you more and more like him in time. Now, this is a process. No one becomes a disciple and boom, instantly, they're they're the perfect Christian. No, 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 no. We all sin and struggle until the very day we die. But listen, that, that, that trajectory is one of holiness. It's one of, the Bible uses the word sanctification. It's of growing to become more and more like Christ. This is what Jesus wants to change in you. He wants to make you something. And so as a disciple, we have to have the humility to follow him in that. And then finally, Jesus says, follow me. I will make you fishers of men, fishers of men. You see, this third aspect is a redirection of your purpose. Your purpose is no longer living for the day, no longer living for this earthly life. Your purpose is no longer living for your paycheck or even for your family, even though you should have a paycheck, even though you should have a great family that you you pour into. Your purpose is now living for eternity, specifically helping others see the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ, helping others trust in who Jesus is and what he's done, helping others put their faith in him so that they become followers of him. I did some fishing this fall and had a great time, didn't have much success. And sometimes that's what it feels like as a believer in Jesus. But listen, you don't give up. As a disciple of Jesus, you continue to grow in your faith to follow him wherever he leads. You continue to have the humility to be changed as you're confronted with the sinfulness inside of you and and his spirit works to change you. And you continue to have him redirect your purpose away from living for this life, away from living for this temporal earth and living for eternity as you have an impact in the lives of men and women and children, in the lives of your family and of your neighbors, of your classmates and your coworkers. You begin to have your purpose redirected as you become a fisher of men. You know, there's a, a lot we've covered today. Jesus and his temptation using the scripture to battle against temptation. We've seen this call to repentance and faith, and then even this, this invitation to become a disciple. And within that invitation, even a definition of what it looks like. So today, my, my challenge to you is to, to redirect your mind to become more of the disciple he's called you to be. Uh, grab the word of God in your battle against temptation, and then turn your eyes to Jesus, follow Him in faith, have the humility to be changed, and, and ultimately have this life purpose be redirected as you follow Christ, making disciples, making Fisher, or making becoming a Fisher of Men.